Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The first thing I did when I looked at the Oilers schedule this year, saw that we were out of town when Depeche Mode was in town. So for those of you making your way to the concert tonight at Rogers Place, have a great time, man. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by World of Spas. Bob Stoffer joining you from Morali. North Carolina, Oilers now, World of Spas, aching after a long day. World of Spas offers tubs designed with relief in mind, rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Keep texting us. We're working text in on the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're available on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and casino excitement open uh, 24-7, 24-7, 365, the River Cree Resort and Casino excitement, bet on it. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, and welcome back to the show, 6.30 Chad's Inside the Game Analyst, Rob Brown. He is our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Hello, Rob, how you doing? I'm doing good, Bob, and you? Good. Now, that song from Depeche Mode, that was out while you were playing back in the day. And I know it's not hard rock or anything like that, but were there some people that had uh, sort of some guilty pleasures listening to that song? Because it was pretty popular for a while. I'm a fan of Depeche Mode, yeah. it was That's my era. So uh, it's always cool when one of those bands comes through town, brings back a lot of memories. A lot, of, a lot of fun times had to songs from that era, and Depeche Mode was certainly one of the ones that we um, had fun with. Rob, uh, you know who's not having a lot of fun times right now? Yeah, I certainly do. Anyone that's for, with the Oilers, playing for the Oilers, cheering for the Oilers, writing about the Oilers, it has not been the start to the season that anybody could have imagined. I mean... Even you could have said, okay, the Oilers are going to run into injury problems. And maybe one of their stars is missing the start of the season. I still don't think you would have imagined that the Oilers would have the record that they have right now and without answers. And I think that's the biggest thing. We can all point out what's wrong, uh, but I don't know what the answers are. I mean, they've changed coaches. They've sent their $25 million goalie down to the minors. There's not a lot of other answers that you can do. They somehow got to figure it out themselves. Yeah, now Craig McTavish yesterday said on the show uh, the, the cavalry is not coming. The answers are going to have to come internal and within at this time. Now, part of it's the, the time of the season. Brian Lott was just on the show, and he was really specific. He says, Bob, it starts in goal. It's that simple. You mentioned that Campbell's gone down to the minors. They don't, they're 32nd in the league in save percentage. I hate to be the blame the goalie guy, but take us through the mindset, you know, because I was a slightly selfish, considerably immature player in midgets who, and I know we're not supposed to use that delineation but it was midget double a back in the day it was what it was and i could score a little at that level but i wasn't necessarily always focused on the defensive end and may have fired a puck in my goalie's head once in a while if, if they upset me um so i you know what i, I might have been the type of guy like come on man make a stop here 
What goes through, like, you watch a guy like Stuart Skinner blossom last year and then I think fatigue a bit come playoff time. What goes through a player's mindset when the type of goals get scored, like got scored on that second and third goal against in yesterday's game against Florida? Well, it depends on what kind of team you are. If you are a team that is looking for excuses, you'll say, oh, my God, here we go again. Why can't we get the save? What's wrong with our team? Like, we're playing well and shooting the other team, and we keep giving up goals every time making a mistake. But the good teams will go out and realize, well, there was three mistakes made before that goal went in. And we've got to play better defensively because our goaltenders aren't making the saves that we normally get from them. This isn't, I mean, I understand the goaltenders have not been uh, up to the standards that they should be. But no one else has on this team. And, I mean, the goal that was scored by Mikola yesterday, Evan Bouchard got pushed off the puck, easily pushed off the puck. It was a soft play by Evan Bouchard. Uh, Ekholm, and because of that, Hyman has to block, block a shot, breaks his stick. Ekholm, their best defensive defenseman, fires one up through the middle instead of off the glass and hits Hyman and stays in, in the zone. Connor McDavid, their best player, flies the zone, even though Ekholm is under duress and Hyman has no stick. He flies the zone. It gets turned over. Connor McDavid is with the guy that scores the goal in the neutral zone and turns away from him. And Mikko comes in and scores. Yes, not a good goal. But three other players, three players that know better, made big mistakes before the minor league goaltender let the goal in. So, yes, the Oilers need more saves, but they need a lot of other things fixed too. And when you've got a team that's not getting the saves it needs, play better defense. And the Oilers have not done that. And Matthias Ekholm talked about that after the game last night, and he was very, very honest about it. We have not played well enough. We are giving other teams too many easy opportunities. And that's what I see right now. The Oilers aren't lacking hard work. The others are outworking or at least working as hard as the teams they're playing against, but they're not playing near as smart as the opposition. Yeah. Because of that, their goaltenders are being forced to make big, big saves, and sometimes they do, and unfortunately, sometimes they don't. So, Rob, in the beginning of the show today, I talked about the fact that by my count, and I'd ask, actually lost track, so I might actually have to reach out to the Oilers analytics team. I had Edmonton at like 14 to 15 shot slots given up against. Like, right, like that's right down Main Street. And Pickard actually, he'd tell you he should have had that second goal, the first goal that Mikola scored in the game. But he pulled three others out of the net where he made some terrific stops. And so there's your point in terms of just what's happening. And a lot of it's happening off of their neutral zone struggles. So they're gaining the zone and then they get reset and in trouble while they're on the reset. So there's there's a lot going on here. Now, part of the game that you know really well is the offensive game. You scored 49 goals and had 114 point seasons in the NHL. We're talking about an Oilers team with a pair of two goal losses in games in which they had two goal leads in which they were down by a goal in the third period and twice had power plays two power plays to equalize the game and they've gone 0 for 8 on the power play. I know Jason Greger put out a stat a couple days ago, I think it was over a 10 game stretch, or 10 game stretch, the Oilers' number one power play unit was at 11% during that stretch. Uh, that was before <laughs> I think before they went to 0 for 5, 0 for 8. What are you seeing with why the Oilers' power play has run into some of the struggles of late here? Well, teams are playing them better. Uh, used to be the Oilers would crisscross through the, the box and find guys one-timers back door. 
and uh, you would, that's where Leon would get all his one-times with open nets. But they were wide-open looks he was getting. Teams are better now. They're they're just getting four guys in front, and they're making a small box, and they're saying, all right, you can shoot from the perimeter. We'll give you that all day long. You can skate around the outside, but we are taking away the easy opportunity. Uh, and the players are getting frustrated, and you can see it on the faces of Connor and on Leon and on Nugent Hopkins. They're frustrated. They're not used to this. You know, for me, if I'm running the Oilers' power play right now, I would start the first shot on net is a Bouchard slap shot. And then I'm going to get too. the rebound, and I'm going to get the rebound, and then I'm going to go back, and my second shot on net is going to be a Bouchard slap shot. Because what we've seen with Bouchard, his shot is heavy. So, so heavy. He will either ding someone up that now they're a little bit off for the rest of the shift, or he will break their stick. So now you've got a one-and-a-half-man advantage. And all of a sudden, now there's going to be chaos because this shot is so heavy, the goalie rarely swallows it. There's going to be rebounds. And the Oilers are the best, even when they're not scoring, they're the best in the NHL at puck retrieving. So the first two shots on net go from Bouchard. And if they do that, that's going to pull the defenders up a little bit more because nobody wants to get hit by a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot from 30 feet away. I want to get in front of him so that he doesn't shoot. So I'm going to get close to him. That'll open up the cross scenes. But to me, every power play starts not with one, but with two slap shots from Bouchard. They will have to respect it. And if they don't, he's going to, someone is going to take one off an ankle or a shin that's going to hurt, or a guy's going to bust a stick. But right now, trying to score the pretty goals, it hasn't worked, and it hasn't worked for a little while. Rob, we have listeners that are texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line saying, why don't the Oilers bench Bouch? Or why don't they play him just, if they go 11-7, and seven, why is he out there 5-on-5? Five five? Now, my theory is you're chasing games often. You need, he's your best transition defenseman, getting the puck up the ice, but I'd like to know what you think. Well, uh, someone will go on the other side and say, well, one of the reasons they're chasing games are defensive miscues by Bouchard. Now, to me, uh, if, this was, if this was the same coaching staff that started the season, if, if they hadn't fired Jay Woodcroft, at some point between the beginning of the year and right now, they would have had to have sat Bouchard on the bench at some point. Because he is well, they have. The same they, they've done that. They've done that. Yeah. He has missed but, some shifts. But not nothing significant. The one game that they made him the sixth defenseman where they bumped him down, he actually led the Oilers in ice time that night. So it was like, you're going to be the sixth defenseman. Yeah, but we need you, so we're going to play you more than anyone else. But with the new coaching staff, the whiteboard is clean. And you can't bench somebody on what you heard he was doing before you came here. So right now, uh, Chris Knobloch is taking all of this in. He's looking at what Kane does with the penalties. That's got to be an issue that they've got to address. Leon's taken silly penalties so far this year. That is something they've got to address. But there will be accountability. It's just hard to hold a player accountable right now because you're only seeing a small sample size. Knobloch's only seen four games. But the one thing... There's, there's a there's pro and, and anti-Bouchard. There's people that love him. There's people that cannot stand him. Bouchard has a natural talent that no other Edmonton or other defenseman has. It is scary how good he is with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. No one else can do what he does. The, the shot he has, he's averaging a point a game. So that is an, a, a great thing, and that's God-given. The other stuff is learned. The defensive stuff is learned. And I think there has to be some tough love at some point. And you have to hold them accountable, but this is something that he's got to continue to get better at because he could be so much more valuable to this team 
than he is right now because of the miscues on the back end. And those are things that he can learn, but he has to learn. And I think the leash has to get a little bit shorter with Chris Knobloch with him. As we saw last game, there's a last two games, there's been a couple opportunities for them to say, yeah. hey, these are teaching moments, but we need you to get better or we're going to have to find a way to teach you another way other than just watching video and a hug telling you to be better. Uh, we're joined right now by Rob Brown, courtesy of Will Hawk Beef Jerky. He's our headliner today. Rob, you ever think, have some empathy for Cody Cece? Like, he was really good the first year. He dealt with an injury last year. He's the only defenseman that's a plus player. I know there's people like, you know, he hasn't scored since the start of last season. Hit the crossbar the other night against Tampa. But you, it's funny, right? We know that Ekholm and Kulak started the year hurt. Ekholm would tell you he hasn't been good enough this year. Kulak will tell you he hasn't been good enough. Darnell Nurse um, probably tries to do a little bit too much at times. It's just his nature. Bouchard, you know, he's he's entertaining to watch, unfortunately, maybe in both ends of the ice right now. But the one guy that's kind of steady is Cece. Your thoughts? Well, I think he's been very good. And it's funny, sometimes people ask for more out of him. They'll say, well, CeCe's got to make a better play there. Well, that's not his game. His play is making sound defensive reads, of keeping the puck out of his net. And on a team that has been as bad 5-on-5 as the others have, for him to be plus, that's huge. So I think I think Cody CeCe's been fine. I mean, there's been times over the last couple of seasons he's probably been misplaced, having at times playing in the first pairing because and playing it while he's injured. But... To me, he's a safety valve that you can put out there, and he always makes the right decision. And sometimes his skill level doesn't allow him to do more than he's capable of. But I think he understands what his ceiling is, and he usually plays within it. So uh, he'd be the one defenseman on the back end that I think you can say has given you everything you expected of him all season long. So CeCe's been the the one safe one that the Oilers have had. All right. Uh, Did you play with a player? who played way late into his 30s, that was not an explosive skater, that wasn't big and wasn't physical, and was not necessarily a big scorer? As a, well, I mean, I mean, that sounds like Chris Chelios on the back end, who wasn't Well, big, okay, wasn't... so I'm, I'm talking about Derek Ryan. Well, like, uh, Derek... he gets... Go for it. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't know, because my era, there weren't a lot of small players playing. I guess uh, yeah, I would look at guys like Tyler Wright, uh, a guy like um, uh, Derek McKenzie that started later in his career, and eventually I think he was captain in Florida by the end of his career. Those kind of guys, Derek Ryan just he, he does just all the little things right, and he, he's one of those guys you wish had six more inches. And you could think about how talented he could be. Um, every time you think, okay, he's miscast, you know they put him up on the second line or he's playing on the third line. But at the end of the night, you're like, well, actually, he did everything he was supposed to do. And I mean, he made a wonderful play last game. I think it was last game to Evander Kane. That was a great pass. Um, he takes a beating. Every time he goes in the corner, his head is elbow high. The way the players are right now are so tall. When he goes in, he's taking elbows to the head, and it's not intentional because that's just where he is. So I think Derek Ryan, again, has been, he's been fine this year. Um, he gives you all he has every night. He's a very smart hockey player. Uh, put it this way, the, the two players you just talked about, Derek Ryan and Cody Cece, the way that the other season has started, none of the blame lays on those two men. Those two men have been pretty consistent in giving you exactly what you expected out of them. So the Evans Oilers make the playoffs, Rob? 
I predicted it. I said at the beginning of the season, I'm not changing. I think the Western Conference is a is weaker. I think they have a top six, and then I think it weakens after that. The Oilers are going to have to go on the road. The only thing that right now the Oilers have to start playing better at, two two things that will scare you if you're an Oilers fan. One, the number of teams between the Oilers in a playoff spot. It's one thing to be eight points out or whatever it is. That is doable. It's the fact that all the teams between you and that eight-point spread, every night one of those teams is gaining points. That's what, what scares you right there. And two, the Oilers have had a terrible start being healthy. I was looking, I think it's like 187 games played of their top 11 players. They've only missed three games of those top 11 players. Yes, so they've gotten I'm with you. Net. So a team like Florida survived missing their top two defensemen. Their best player sat out last game, and they had no Sam Bennett for a bunch of games. They survived it. The Oilers do not have a safety net. They, if they get any injuries, they have to somehow find a way to not just survive but flourish without guys in the lineup. But I said at the beginning of the year, I believe this team is a good enough team to make the playoffs, and I'm going to stand with it. Rob, great stuff. Talk tomorrow. Sounds good, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown, for our friends at Wilhock Beef Jerky. He's our Oilers now headliner today. Wilhock Beef Jerky, it's the best you've ever tasted. Search, and you can check out... Uh, Japanese Village. Some guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Now open for lunch. I got to go see Don at Edmonton South and West Edmonton and all. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jbedmonton.ca. Bob Stoffer with you. Brennan Escott, Reed Wilkins are coming up at 635. We're going to bang off some texts when we return in orders now. All right, I'm going to read a text here on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 626. These deals are not going to happen, Brandon, but Brandon, we appreciate you listening out in Windsor. I'm reaching here. Trade proposals. Saros and Barry, says Brandon, for Campbell Bouchard of 2024, first and second. Uh, well, Tampa Bay Lightning or Nashville uh, Predators general manager, Barry Trotz, Brandon, has already stated Saros isn't getting traded. And I believe the Oilers would have to give up. Bouchard's a high-caliber puck-moving defenseman, offensive quarterback guy. Okay, maybe, maybe. Two years left in Saros' deal, a year left on Barry's. But again, the uh, general manager has, has already stated he's not trading Saros. And then he goes, Pesci retain for Broberg in a 2021st if he's re-signed, a second if he doesn't. And so you would have Ekholm and Barry and Nurse and Pesci. I love Pesci. I do not see him in a Canadian city next season. He is one of four UFA defensemen that uh, Carolina have. Brady Shea, who scored 18 goals last year. Brett Pesci, uh, UFA, UFA, Anthony D'Angelo. They got the Flyers to give them a second for D'Angelo, and the Flyers bought D'Angelo out. He re-signed in Carolina. And then the other guy they got that's decent is Jalen Chatfield. He could play as the third bearing right shot D. Okay, you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line 780-496-0063. Black Friday at Brent Ridge Ford on now until November the 28th. What does that mean? Oilers Now listeners get a discount of up to $12,500 on F-150s. Uncle Milton, the staff at... Uh, 
Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin. They give you quality service that's earned Brent Ridge the Ford President's Award for customer satisfaction the last nine years in a row. If you want to be treated fairly during your purchase and receive top shelf service after that, reach out to our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the team at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority out in Wetaskiwin. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn. Then we're going to bring aboard Reed Wilkins and Brendan Escott and continue discussing the ongoing challenges that are the Edmonton Oilers.